Got it time for ghosts and spooks. Vampires, witches, ghost recoups. That whole gang of go gazooks doing the werewolf rock. Hey, Mr. Jangles rocks all night. Falls apart about daylight. Hello, Scoopsters. Hello, fools and ghouls. We are back with another episode of a pod named Scooby-Doo. And today, we're here talking about Scooby-Doo and the reluctant werewolf with the one, the only. He's my sweet mate. He's a political science major. He also goes to Hofstra University. I'm wearing a Hofstra shirt. He is David O'Brien. Thank you so much for coming on, David. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> and to start <laughs> off, the first thing we always ask, we always ask all our guests is, why did you want to be on a podcast where we're talking about Scooby-Doo? Yeah, you are my sweet mate. But what interested you about asking me, can I be on the podcast? Well, thank you for mentioning I am your sweet mate because as your sweet mate, I've been in every single one of your projects or close to it. So this is just another one I can add to the list for my ego. Um, this is true. And, um, you know, and it's Scooby-Doo. I think everyone's been a fan of Scooby-Doo. I wasn't a diehard one. I knew enough. I know enough about Scooby-Doo. I appreciate it. The art of Scooby-Doo. Do you, do you have a favorite Scooby-Doo thing, movie, TV show from when you were a kid that you remember? Um, I remember the live action the most, the like early 2000 one. Um, and then the pup named Scooby-Doo when I was really little, um, probably the most. Yeah. So pup named Scooby-Doo, believe it or not, is earlier than we remember because it was always on when we were kids, but it came out earlier, just like this movie. What a segue mm -hmm. for this me. Is old. Came out in 1988, and it's not old. I mean, it's it's old it's, relative yeah. uh, to a lot of other projects because of, when you look at the Wikipedia for Scooby Doo, there's a lot of new things, and this one is kind of on its own, just as a movie in the 80s, as a Scooby Doo movie about race car driving. Kaylee, on the watch, can you just? I want to explain the plot in like six seconds because I know we can do it, and then tell us. What did you think watching it through? Have you seen this one before? All right. So uh, here's my one sentence summary of this movie. Uh, Shaggy becomes a werewolf NASCAR driver and defeats Dracula. <laughs> um, uh, I've, I've definitely seen this one before. I, I don't know if I've ever seen like the whole thing all at once, but I know I've seen like different bits and pieces of it at different times. So this was probably my first time like sitting down and watching all of it all at once. And um, it's very weird. Uh, it's not a normal Scooby-Doo movie by any means. It's basically a Shaggy and Scooby movie. There's, it's not normal for Scooby-Doo. So it was, it was interesting um, to say the least. I won't, I won't give my opinions on it yet, but it was, it was interesting. David, watching it through for quite possibly the first time, were you surprised that there's no Fred, no Velma, no Daphne, no real monster they're trying to solve? The monsters are, you know, it felt like a who's who of monsters. You got Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde there. You got all of a sudden someone yells Genghis Khan, and there's a really big guy that kind of resembles Genghis Khan. Very racist, but, you know, it's in the movie. There's Dracula, obviously. There's someone who's supposed to be Vanna White, but also Elvira, which is just what a weird crossover there watching it through were you just astonished what were your first thoughts maybe just seeing this happen on your screen oh this was my first time watching um i was expecting fred daphne velma the whole gang um the opening scene where um shaggy and scooby are in that race i thought that was going to be a dream but it wasn't <laughs> so um 
and then yeah, it just got weirder and weirder. And I, there was, you know, I mean, after the first five minutes, I was like, all right, there is no Fred, there is no Daphne, but you know, yeah, Shaggy in a red shirt, and the movie just starts yeah. off. It it throws you into this movie it, expecting you to suspend your disbelief and go Shaggy, the tall, lanky man who's afraid of everything and can't do anything, who we know can't do any of this stuff, is apparently the world's best race car driver, and the monsters need him. And he has a girlfriend, and Scrappy's in it. Yeah. Also, what is his... Okay, every time they pronounce his girlfriend's name, I hear it. I hear Googie. I hear Boogie. I hear Oogie. Can we get a pronunciation down on her name, please? <laughs> I looked up the movie. It said Googie. Okay, but did anyone else hear Googie, Oogie, Boogie, like the entire <laughs> yes, time? I did. I did. I heard a different name every time they said it. <laughs> also, on the voice acting side, Dracula, every every two minutes, going, Shaggy, Shaggy, Shaggy. I, I started laughing because how ridiculous it was. Not just that the plot was ridiculous, that Dracula needs to... Dracula, who can, by the way, vanish and disappear into different areas. He could kill Shaggy if he wanted to. No, he just does weird things. Let's make him smaller. Let's tr try to drop a ventilation system on him. Cool, I guess, sure. What I, I want to dive into the plot, like the setup of the movie, because it's longer than other ones we've watched. It's an hour and a half. And the first 45 to 50 minutes of this movie are all filler up until the race car driving. And then the last 40, 45 minutes our race car driving. There seems to be no third act. It's just part one and part two kind of. So in this, I, I think I'm going to designate it like that. Kaylee, in this first half, did anything particularly stick out to you? I found it kind of boring the first half. What did you find in this, just the first half before they go race car driving with monsters? Yeah, I also thought it was pretty boring. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really even fully paying attention to it while it was on because it was just so meaningless that I was like I can be doing something else while this is playing in the background uh so it was just I don't understand what what like inspired them to make this movie and why it happened and what like I I don't know it just it confuses me so very deeply on why this is a Scooby-Doo movie when it has nothing to do with normal Scooby-Doo things David, did you question anything in the first half or was it so ridiculous at the start that you just went, I'll go with it, okay. Well, yeah, I questioned, I'd, I've never seen a movie, a Scooby-Doo movie without the rest of the friend group. Um, but also I, I looked to see, it was a 35 minute mark and I was like, okay, this movie has to end soon. No, we're 35 minutes in out an hour and a half left. And I was like, where is this gonna go? This seems like this is kind of the arc, the movie's gonna end soon. Nope, we were still very, early on um and i'm not gonna lie with kaylee i kind of also um it held my attention for mm, maybe five minutes and then i kind of you know check twitter check twitter oh something's happening okay check twitter check twitter um thank you ben when is the podcast happening oh something's happening but um yeah the it takes a very long time for shaggy to discover that he has in fact been made a werewolf and then it takes a at least double the time so if it takes 15 minutes ish for Shaggy to just realize he's a werewolf. It then takes 30 minutes for him just to go to this guy's castle and agree to race, which is the thing he seemingly does for a living in this movie is just drive race cars. And every time Scrappy-Doo opened his motherfucking mouth, I was like, I 
want to digitally remove him from this movie. Can I share with you a very funny review, a very honest review of Scrappy-Doo I found on Amazon Prime? Okay, this is, quote, what can I say? It contains Scrappy-Doo. Everyone hates Scrappy-Doo. He ruins everything he's in. I thought after 20 years, I could take, let him at, let him at, let me at him briefly. I was so wrong. So I used the product for skeet shooting. Hanna-Barbera, the producers, should have to put warning labels on all Scrappy-Doo appearances. I agree with this. There should be, not only should there be a warning label, they could really take out any scene that has Shaggy's girlfriend or Scrappy because every scene that they're in for a majority of it, if not with Shaggy, is just them going, how are we going to help Shaggy? They could take out like 90% then, of this movie. This could be a 10 minute long movie. It should have been it short. Would, yeah, like just also, everything not... that happens in that castle is like so irrelevant. I don't understand why we need an hour of them being in the castle and being like, oh, Shaggy's a werewolf. Gotta put a stop to this. He has a big race coming. Look at all this food that the monsters eat. Ha ha ha. Like, why I, do I need that? I don't think they explain why he is a werewolf where everyone else is. Um, one thing I was actually kind of excited about, no, I mean, just like, I knew who they were. Uh, the actor who plays Bojangles, I assume the skeleton, uh, is Brian Sokes Mitchell, a Tony Award winner. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And I'm pretty sure Bojangles does not have one line in the entire movie. <laughs> oh, so that was taken away from me real quick. But yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a puzzler on so many aspects when you start to just maybe not believe some aspects that the movie puts out there. First of all, so the movie's made in 1988. And a question I wanted to pose before we get into our mainstay question is, what year does this movie take place? Because you have all these monsters, you have cars. They have cars that, like race cars, like futuristic, a race car that can all of a sudden, not just do four, four wheel drive, can do like nine wheel drive and can also all of a sudden like make itself skinny at the beginning of the movie. Shaggy goes, do the skinny version or something like that. And they just- And they go it. under. Yeah, it's like yeah, the drill. They cheat. They, they cheat to win the race. <laughs> or the car splits in half to go around so another car. not only is it futuristic technology but also when dracula is hyping up the crowd who just hates him from the beginning oh my god they gave this man no chance they the crowd looks like they're 16th century peasants they're dressed in like slave garb and it's like what are what are they all peasants in this well they he does call them peasants <laughs> Like, which I think, I think that's not going to get the crowd on your side, but I don't understand. Do we have any guesses on, like, if you were asking me what year this movie took place in, I'd be like 1545. <laughs> Kaylee, what, if I asked you point blank, what year does this movie take place in or a decade or a century? Could you tell I me? Would, I would just say the 1980s when it's made, even though it doesn't make sense. I mean, okay. Not a lot of, I'll, I'll ignore the monster, Dracula, that part of it in determining the year, but just based on like the cars and everything, it has to be sometime recently. But the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> I know that part doesn't make sense, but there's a lot, if we're going to analyze like the monster part of Scooby-Doo and I'm just going to ignore that part of it and say that that's just a weird thing that Dracula's castle is surrounded by 
peasants while the rest of the world is normal. <laughs> David, if I were asking you when this movie took place, I just Googled Genghis Khan died August 18th, 1227. It's <laughs> canonically, it has to take place after that. But other than that, do you have any idea if you were guessing when this movie takes place in our universe? I guess I'd have to go with Kaylee and like kind of in the past, but also did you notice when they said like, you know, the trip to Hawaii, if you come second place, which is not a bad, not a bad gig for second place. Um, the picture was just like a forest, not a beach. It was just trees. Um, so it's not modern Hawaii. It's just trees. Um, but yeah, I wasn't more focused on, oh, when is the place? I was like, oh God, when is this going to end? But um, which is when I hit 35 minute mark because I know for a fact I checked, but uh, I guess, I guess, I guess the eighties, you know, there's also a drive-in movie. Yeah. So the drive-in is very interesting because Shaggy's girlfriend, Googie really wants, like, she's clearly making a move. By the way, this is the horniest Scooby-Doo movie I've seen in a while. And it is like the animators were like, let's draw Jessica Rabbit in every single scene of this movie. Also, she's the only cheerleader on the track of the race with the very fast cars. So clearly not modern safety protocols. Um, I'm not sure how she got down there. They say they want to kill Shaggy multiple times. They say, let's- No, the beginning, in the very beginning. The the very very beginning there, yeah. But even, I mean, there's clearly no safety protocol because if, if we're talking physics, when Shaggy drills underneath and passes a monster truck, the monster truck should fall into the hole that he has created from the drill. There's no way people survive that. No. He drilled so far underneath in such a quick time that he was able to get his entire car under the ground quickly across and up and over again, and it didn't impede any other car behind him. We cannot start debating the <laughs> physics in this movie. Because... This man could be winning awards and be famous you know, for his, his uh, triumphs, and yet he's a NASCAR driver? I don't know. Also that, I think a monster truck race? What, are, what kind of race is he in? It looked like one of those shows where they have, you know, those shows like Robot Wars, where they have Pete like homemade yeah. like robots. It looked like that, but if you were, but if you had said, let's do that, but let's have them drive real cars and they build their own cars, and one person in the race is like, I'm gonna make a fast car, and another person in the race is like, I'm gonna make a big car, and another person in the race race is like, I'm gonna bring Genghis Khan. It doesn't make much sense. Segwaying really quickly to a mainstay question we ask on each episode, David is if Scooby-Doo is aware that he is a dog. In this movie, there are no moments that I found in which Scooby-Doo says something kind of tricky because this is a very Shaggy-centric film that it's not really questioning Scooby's own presence. But when Shaggy becomes a werewolf, it does take a tremendously long time for him to realize he is a werewolf. Then he howls a lot as if he is Shaggy and, and uh, as if he is Scooby and Scrappy. And then he does a lot of questionable things that even when he turns human he continues doing so i'm going to pose a separate question we'll start with kaylee to give david some time to think on this is shaggy human um that's a great question um i've just i've been waiting for you to ask this um hmm so you're asking is shaggy human or does he think does he know he's human because I think that he believes he's human, but I 
in questioning because of the peasants there and the monsters and having no Fred, Velma, or Daphne, but Shaggy in a red shirt with Scooby-Doo, a girlfriend that we've never seen before and will never see again. Is this a Shaggy dream or is Shaggy just in not human and on the weekends goes to Monster World? Well, speaking of red shirt Shaggy, red shirt Shaggy is the one that's in cyberspace in the movie Cyber Chase. That's red shirt Shaggy. So this could be like uh, another episode we just did recently where somebody was like, what if <laughs> Cyber Shaggy had swapped place? I know Cyber Chase happens after this movie, but you know, if they can enter and exit cyberspace, I'm sure they can time travel. So let's say <laughs> Cyber Shaggy swapped places with normal Shaggy. So now Red Shirt Shaggy is out in the world. He goes back in time to 1200 whenever after Genghis Khan's death to, to race Dracula in a monster truck race. That's what I believe happened. In this he doesn't movie. even want to race. He wants to be a normal human watching movies, eating popcorn at the drive-in. Uh, the episode you're referring to is with Ricky Wood and it is actually coming out after this one. Mm-hmm. So uh, for all the people who get to this point in the podcast, you have that to look forward to. A little sneak peek. But David, do you think Shaggy... In other Scooby movies, Shaggy's obviously human. In this movie, it's very clearly not the Shaggy that we know from other Scooby-Doo material. You're aware Shaggy, he's a big guy, he's afraid of everything. You know, anyone who's never seen Scooby-Doo knows just the general awareness. You know, he's a stoner. Uh, This Shaggy, though, afraid of nothing, saves everyone, is a wolf. Is he human in general throughout this film? Um, I'm going to quote um, one of my favorite philosophers here, John Mulaney. Who is to say? Who is to say? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I always thought so. I like how you said, though, maybe it's a dream or he's like hallucinating. It's never confirmed as a dream. Um, yeah, I think I think it's normal Shaggy. I think it's I think I think it's human Shaggy, and they just it's, he's on his own, um, you know. But but I'm still thrown off about why he's the werewolf, why he's in the book, what that part, you know. But I think he's human. As to why he struggles with being a werewolf. Yeah, it's kind of like a Teen Wolf situation in that way, which yeah. I which makes sense. I I really hope it's a dream because otherwise, then my canonical nature of Scooby Doo in my own head is really going to fuck me up and I'm going to have to sleep on this. But the second half of this movie is a 180 degree turn from the first half. The first half is all abstract filler crap of just, why are we here? Who is this? What's going on? The second half, we got race car driving. But I think I like the first half better. Really? Why? Now I'm really curious. What, What did you either dislike about the race car driving, which is 40 full minutes of that, yeah, that's the first thing. It's 40 minutes. But, um, you know, you can only turn left so many times. <laughs> but um, the beginning, you know, the scenes are shorter. Uh, you know, they're trying to make him a werewolf. He's avoiding the werewolf. Scooby's trying to warn Shaggy. The monsters are coming. Dracula's setting it up. The girlfriend's involved. And, you know, and then the, the police chase at the drive-in. They're chasing after werewolf Shaggy. And then it all kind of just goes away. And then it's just 40 minutes of driving and we're going to kill them. Oh, we missed. We're going to kill them. Oh, we missed. We're going to kill them instead. Oh, they got away. You know? 
Yeah, it's very formulaic in that once it hits the race car driving, it's very clearly like two minutes, oh, Shaggy and Scooby are in the lead. Two minutes of, oh my God, we have to stop them from being in the lead. For what reason? Uh, so Dracula can maintain hold on Shaggy and have power over him. The rest of his eternal life, meaning Dracula, would live forever, I'm guessing. Also, Dracula, I would be very upset with myself if I didn't mention that Dracula gets shot in the chest in this movie. That his, I'm thinking girlfriend, who, who is supposed to be Vanna White, but evil Vanna White. And she points out that Shaggy's American, and she's very amused by that, but she has an American accent herself. Not, yeah, she has an American accent. She looks human. She takes yeah. a gun and shoots Dracula right in the chest. And then he takes the gun and shoots himself. Which was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> any scene that Dracula had two... He has two henchmen. And any time the two henchmen are in the scene, I had to basically mute it. Because it's just... It's like watching Dumb and Dumber on a cartoon lev- level. And at a certain point... It's like, I don't know why they're doing these accents or why there's so much spit in this movie. Kaylee, did you prefer the first half where I, there's a bit more of the henchmen, which was a big turnoff for me? Or do you enjoy the race car driving? Oh, we got to stop Shaggy from being first. Oh, no, Shaggy isn't first. You know, what um, about each one either appealed to you or just turned you off immediately? I was definitely more like I paid a lot more attention for the racing part at the end than I did for all the filler that was the first hour of the movie just because it was more like actiony like there was just always things happening instead of just constantly random just I the first half of the movie bothers me so much I like I don't care about all this weird shit happening in Dracula's castle and who all these random ass monster people are like it's so unnecessary i it annoyed me so much that when finally when they started racing i was like thank god this is almost over just shaggy's gonna win let's just be done with this i can't there's a very long introduction when they get to the racing part of all the monsters in the race and it's amusing for the first few and then you're like oh wow they're gonna introduce like 25 contestants on this fake show within a show but also it reminded me of a show, a Saturday morning cartoon called Wacky Races, which every episode was like, a, you know, a wacky style race. And that was the whole point. But that show is, you know, 20 something minutes. This is at least double that. I own this on VHS as a child. And I remember thinking it was creepy. David, if you were a kid watching this, would you find it creepy by today's standards? Or is it just because the animation style is very much 80s-esque? Do you think that gives it any leverage or does it just make it a bit cheesy now? I'd probably turn it off if I were watching it as a kid today, to be honest. Um, yeah, the, I mean, even the quality, when I watched it, it was a little fuzzy. Um, it didn't really, the animation doesn't hold. I mean, it's okay, but it's just really fuzzy quality. Um, also, um, the two henchmen, is it, what do the two, the two little guys, Dracula, like, as? Brunch or yeah something punch. along those lines a lot of the names in this movie are just watching it are just unrecognizable when you hear it because they say it in about eight or nine different ways which mm-hmm. i don't know for 
my my mom always says I don't remember names and shows and she describes a character at and I go is it this person is it that person which is fine for her I can't deal with that if I don't know a character's name I need to immediately go and google it and that was another big issue for me was every time I heard googie oogie and boogie I thought it's like what is this girl's name yeah um I just don't think they looked like monsters or weren't they weren't scary. I mean, everyone in the everyone in the movie, like Jackie first saw them, like screamed, "Monsters are here!" or something, and then they like, ran away. I just thought they were two little dudes. Um, it was more silly nature for me. I don't think as a kid I would be scared of this movie. Um, it's just more like the silly nature. Even Dracula, it's not that scary. Mm-mm. The little guys are named Crunch and Brunch. Yes, I just looked up, and for the entirety that I watched that movie, I thought his name was Crutch. So, you learn something new every day. There's apparently crunch and brunch. Crunch, brunch, munch. There should have been a third one. There should have. The second half, I think, goes off the rails when they introduce Genghis Khan. And for me, I think that's perfect timing, where I'd like to pose the question to Kaylee, who has said several times that every Scooby-Doo movie is a good date movie, meaning that if your partner picked it out, if you're going on a date with someone, they were like, let's watch Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, that you would think it's a, okay, I would go on a second date with this person, or that you would pick this out for either a first date or another date. Just in general, I want to start with Kaylee here because she has taken back her words on this a few times. With this movie, which you've been saying the modern Scooby-Doo's that we've been watching have been getting worse in quality, this being older, is it a good date movie? Yes or no? So. As I've said before, I don't think it's a good first date movie. However, I think this would be a really good movie to watch on a date with someone that you're already dating. And hear me out. I'll explain why. Because it's so bad. Like, it's it's funny to watch and, like, laugh at how terrible it is and then not really, like, pay attention to it. Like, you don't have to actually watch it. It's a good movie to have on in the background as, like, we're just going to chill out tonight put this on in the back. We can laugh at how stupid it is. We don't really have to pay attention to it. So I think it's a fine date, not a first date. If you're watching this on a first date, never go out with that person again. This person is a psychopath and I'm scared of them more than I'm scared of any of the creatures in this movie. David, is this a good date movie? No. Um, If you're already like, you know, like I said, dating, sure, hate watch it. Um, you want a movie about racing? I don't know. Watch Herbie or something. Uh, don't just don't watch racing movies on your first date. How about that? Um, no, I would not watch this movie um, on the first date, second, third, or fourth. Again, well into the relationship. Hate watch. Sure. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even hate watch this well into a relationship. And here's why I'm going to have to disagree with both of you on that point. Obviously, it's a bad date movie. I think it's just a bad date movie in general because it's nice to make fun of. The first half, there's not much laughable moments that are that you can point out and be like, look at how bad that joke flopped. Just because there's not many jokes throughout. That for, There's a few little monster puns, but those aren't, those are just little slips of the tongue. They're not actual jokes that the movie's trying to be like haha you get that i don't think it's hate watchable until genghis khan comes in with about five minutes left in the movie maybe you make fun of dr jekyll and mr hyde and the the witches and you look at them and you go haha that's us arguing you know like 
that's a funny, I'm sure your partner would love that, everyone listening. But until Genghis Khan comes on screen, there's nothing that I would look at and go, except I would probably during this movie go shaggy every 30 seconds. And I, at, by the end, we would be broken up. And I know that just in my heart that I couldn't, Pat, if we, I was in a relationship with someone and we started this movie, by the end of the movie, we would no longer be in a relationship. This is what they should show at divorce proceedings. Saying that, I think I've said before, I've qualified my answer and said, yeah, every Scooby-Doo movie is a good date movie. And then said, but this is lower on the totem pole than others. I just don't think it's a good date movie in general. This is a good date movie if the date's going terribly wrong and you <laughs> want out. <laughs> this is how you get out. You're at a restaurant. This is how you send them home. Yeah, post-COVID, you're at a restaurant. Hey, you want to watch Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf in the middle of the restaurant on my uh, phone? No. Oh, sorry. I have to go then. <laughs> Excuse me. The movie takes place in a weird part in, I think, Scooby-Doo history overall, because 1988 isn't really a year where the brand is being revamped. So not seeing Fred, Velma, or Daphne gives it just a weird vibe. Red, red shirt shaggies and a few other things that are mostly only shaggy, which I guess the red shirt could be, I don't know, an indication of death or an indication that it's a different shaggy because there's a series called The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo in which he wears a red shirt and that's just shaggy and Scooby. But even Scooby doesn't have many jokes in this movie or is even like prominently shown was there do you think just this movie's too shaggy centric too monster centric what would if you if i gave you this movie and i said rewrite it or do something to make it work kaylee what would you do to make this movie work what would be the first thing let's say you know you might say take out all the racing you have to keep the racing and the monsters let's say what are you doing you know a producer comes up to you i need this has been shit for so many years i need you to make it work what are you changing um, okay, well, if I have to keep the racing in, it's already not a great Scooby-Doo movie, but, um, hypothetically, I have to keep the racing in. I bring the whole Scooby gang in, and they race in the mystery machine, and they solve a mystery like Scooby-Doo is supposed to be. Not this random red shirt shaggy bullshit with Scrappy-Doo and some random-ass girl. This movie annoys me so much. Like, it's a racing movie. Scooby-Doo has the mystery machine. Why is Red Shirt Shaggy driving this fucking stupid car that can drill under the ground and split in half and get skinny and get fat? Why? Why? There's a mystery machine for them to drive with the whole Scooby gang. I don't understand why that didn't happen in this movie. It's pointless and it's stupid and I didn't like it. David, same question to you. If I was saying make this a good movie, make this something that you would want a child to watch and sit through the entire thing without going on board. What would you change about this movie if you have to keep in monsters and racing? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, shaggy, green shirt, Scrappy-Doo, gone. Um, okay, where, where do I go next? So many places. I know it's predictable, but the monsters kidnap the girlfriend. Damn in distress. I know, it's predictable, but they she, they kidnap her, so she's also kind of removed from the movie because she was kind of also irrelevant and does not come back. To get her back, Shaggy challenges Dracula to a race. And they're racing, and the other monsters are trying to sabotage Shaggy to help Dracula, but the mystery gang are trying to help Shaggy 
and trying to defend off the monsters and to help him win. Um, and then, you know, a mystery could be like the girlfriend was in on it the entire time and she was trying to get Shaggy to lose or she was a monster. Or she was the werewolf. She is the werewolf. There you go. Yeah, I really like this. Uh, I think you kind of saved it right here. It, it, like you're saying, it's predictable, but it works. And there's a reason why these movies continue churning out like this because the predictability of them sometimes is the fun part. And I agree with both of you that there has to be a mystery somewhere. There has to be something to solve, which right now there is not. Also, get rid of Scrappy-Doo immediately. We're basically building the qualifications for a good Scooby-Doo movie, which includes no Scrappy-Doo, a mystery, the entire Scooby-Doo gang, and this missing piece of there has to be a twist. And I like the idea that a twist could be that the girlfriend is actually a monster or like Mrs. Dracula or something. Maybe she is Dracula. Who knows? I like that idea that there's a twist since we never see her again in any other piece that I'm aware of, Scooby-Doo. We could, she's disposable is what I mean to say, as a character. So we could make her, every, you know, the one everyone hates. She could be a werewolf and she's the one that turned him into a werewolf. So that he could be one of you know hers and be with, be with her forever, as seen in the drive-in scene where she's clearly cuddling and Shaggy doesn't doesn't want to do anything. He, I don't know what he's doing. He could he could be with the you know extremely hot cartoon character who was clearly drawn to make little kids be like, is that an attractive cartoon character? Question mark. But I agree that in the main place of scooby-doo movies there has to be at the core of it a mystery about three quarters of the way through there has to be a twist and the last quarter has to not only summarize the twist it has to give us a reason to care about the twist and so for this movie i think if i have to keep in racing i have the a mystery take place while they're racing so i'm doing two things at once here i'm having them race not to solve the mystery like you were saying or beat Dracula I'm having them also serve solve like a grisly murder while they have to race that would I think really up the stakes like let's say there was like a hit and run during the race and they they have to solve it all of my Scooby-Doo ideas are rated R now but there has to be something someone's driving and like Fred's in the back like okay let's see with a notepad putting (laughs) yeah they a lot of the Scooby-Doo movies split them up and I would like to see I think you can take the gang and split them up and that makes the hour and a half feel a lot less like an hour and a half because at least you're seeing new scenery new characters in this you're watching a road go by and it's you know it's the same painted road over and over again and your mind knows it so your mind is getting more bored every time you see it and to me that downgrades because of the anime the lacking that the animation style had at the time with the backgrounds because it was cheaper and easier to just do one background or multiple of similar scenes that you could paste on top of each other this movie is as if like they almost had like one writing team and then fired all of them and then brought in a second writing team to finish it. It does feel like that a lot. Before we get into our final rankings for which we're going to give a nostalgia ranking out of 10 Scooby Snacks and a current day ranking. David, I don't think you'll have a nostalgia ranking because this is the first time you watch it. Perfectly fine. I just want to know, Kaylee, out of the past few that we've seen, does Scrappy-Doo, Scrappy-Doo inherently makes the movie bad. Is this version of Scrappy-Doo with a higher voice, less lines, trying to help? I mean, he's trying out there. Does that make him worse to watch or better to watch? 
Um, neither. Scrappy-Doo is a negative 10 out of 10 every time he's in a Scooby-Doo movie, no matter what he's doing, no matter what he sounds like. Always bad, garbage, awful, ruins the whole thing. I don't think it makes a difference whether he's trying to help them, whether he barely talks. If he's there, I'm not interested. I'm, I already hate it. So, I don't care what he did in this movie. He still ruined it. David, would you like Scrappy-Doo better because in one of the live act, the second live action movie, uh, the first live action movie, he's the monster, he's the villain. So we're supposed to hate him. In this one, though, they really want us to like Scrappy, but he's like the kid that no one picks on to play basketball with, and he's like, "Oh, I hate all of you," and they're like, "Okay, Scrappy." Does that make it better to watch him here, knowing that you hate him with a passion, or? Is it, is it more fun to be like, yeah, I'm supposed to hate him? Well, honestly, I mean, I kind of forgot he was even there because he he's in the beginning a lot. I think he's not at all in the middle. I think he just kind of sits next to the girlfriend for the remainder of the movie. Um, I always just kind of thought maybe this is before this was a thing that you're supposed to be annoyed with Scrappy. Like he's like the little annoying, you know, Scooby's nephew. So you have to take him along when he's there. But um, eh, I mean, again, I didn't know he was even there. Um, but also, doesn't he usually have like a lower, like a smoker voice? Or is that just me? Does he usually have, doesn't he sound like a smoker usually? The high voice is definitely different. Uh, it's definitely different. I think they swapped voice actors around a lot more for mm-hmm. Scrappy in general, just because he's not in as many things. So when we hear a different voice than we're used to with our generation being a live action, I think it really is jarring for us. But yes, it does sound weird. A lot of the voices... This Shaggy and Scooby sound fairly normal, but all these new characters, I'm like, this would never happen. Yeah. And so uh, Scooby yeah. doesn't laugh. Scooby doesn't do his like, you know, his signature laugh. Um, yeah. Scooby's just not fun in this. There's like no fun for him. It's all just like Shaggy, Shaggy, Shaggy. And that's, it annoyed me on a personal level. <laughs> I think it's perfect timing to talk about our rankings. Out of 10, you can give it any decimal point any qualifier you want. I'll go first, then Kaylee, and then we'll end it off with you, David. I'm going to give my nostalgic ranking on this uh, 6 out of 10 because as a kid, I remember watching it on VHS and being like, I thought it was like rare because Shaggy was in a red shirt and it's different and it doesn't have the yank. So to me, that was fun because I was like, ooh, this is different. Just something that's not the cookie cutter. And as a grown adult for my current ranking, I'm going to give it a 3.75 out of 10 because I don't think, I think it's only watchable in very specific scenarios. And even as a background show, you're with background shows, what I mean by that is that they're in the background, but you can tune in and out when you're doing other stuff. Even as a background show, I would be annoyed hearing this or tuning back in because I would be just as confused watching it without doing anything else. And so for that reason, I think this is my lowest rating I'm going to have to give. We've been a little pessimistic in the past few, but we started out so strong with some uh, some great movies that, you know, we'll have, you know, we'll have a day where we go through and we decide we like Scooby again. But for this, I'm going to have to give it a 3.75 out of 10. Kaylee, what are your two rankings? And then David. Um, for my nostalgia ranking, since I don't ever remember actually watching this one in its entirety, I'll give it like a 
five out of ten nostalgia because like I know I had seen parts of it and I didn't remember like hating it. So I'll just give it a solid middle ground five out of ten nostalgia. My current day ranking. I am almost one hundred percent sure that this will be my lowest rated Scooby movie that we talk about on the podcast. I'm giving it I was gonna say two point five. I'll be generous and give it a three out of ten. <laughs> It's just, I, it's just so bad. Like, I really, watching this was, like, torture. I was like, I do not, I didn't pay attention to it. I was like, is this podcast worth it if this is what I have to watch? Um, It's a shame, because I remembered it being so good, which is why we included it. Because I remembered enjoying it, because it was different. I remember the animation being cheesy and all that, but I really did remember enjoying this as a kid. The only thing I remembered was the racing part. So yeah. just that whole first hour of the movie where nothing is happening of substance was just, ugh. I would rather just had it be like 45 minutes long. And it was just one long race. That would have been much better than just adding that hour of nothingness. So yeah, three out of 10. I hated it. It was garbage. Scrappy dudes in it. So garbage, garbage, garbage. <laughs> Well, people enjoy a podcast about a movie that we shit on for 45 minutes. I mean, it's less than the time it takes. Ever? Yes. It uh, it takes less time than watching the movie. So there's a perk for that. David, you have no nostalgia ranking, but your final ranking out of 10, Scooby Snacks, what's it going to be? Um, 2.2. Any reason behind this, the specificity of the 2.2? Um, yeah, 2, okay, it's not that bad. 2.1, again, I feel like it deserves a little better. 2.3 and above, not worth it. Don't even, don't even just go on the IMDb page, IMDb. Maybe, don't even, don't even, I don't know. Don't even try, don't even bother. It's not worth it. Don't even look it up. Again, not saying I was going to battle on the podcast, but I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm watching for the podcast. And I actually ended up breaking the movie up into two nights of watching because I just couldn't do it. And it really made me question if I wanted to have kids because if I have to watch movies like that with them, we're not watching see. we're not watching those movies. I think what we learn here is a lot about uh, I'm sorry, I think what we learn here too is a lot about how we consume media and stuff that we remembered as kids me specifically and but overall not every scooby movie is a winner and that's okay and it's okay that some of them flop this one worse than a flop as you just said but it's okay that maybe we can watch something and say you know i didn't like that and we can still watch things maybe even going in knowing i will not enjoy this maybe if you just want to watch movies you have a limited time for enjoyment yeah you want to find something you really like but if you have the time and you say, you know what, maybe I'll watch something out of my comfort zone that maybe I won't like. I think it's a good test. What were you going to say, David? I don't even know. <laughs> it just left me speechless. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember. I don't know. But, I mean, also, we are like, what, 21, 22, 20 um, in college. So, I, yeah, I get it doesn't hold up for us, you know, now. But I, never, I didn't see it when I was a kid, so I don't know. I don't know if I could, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think I was just a weird kid. 
on <laughs> on an existential level fairly yeah, so. yeah existentially fairly defeating because of just the absurdity that like if you really want to enjoy the movie it doesn't let you like you're like i want to enjoy it i really was saying i want to enjoy it and the movie was like no 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 you won't which was just defeating to feel on that note thank you so much for coming on david it was Thanks it's a lot of fun no to problem. talk uh i will see more of you soon back at Hofstra university where we go to school yes so it was nice doing this thank you for asking yes thank you and for having me of course and let's hear kaylee with the outro rut row looks like we're all out of time on our next episode we have special guest michael vito valentino so stay tuned for that and we'll see you next time on a pod named scooby-doo <laughs>